Next tip is just upgrading one of your meals. And oftentimes the best one for this is breakfast. And it's because it's really easy. A lot of us skip it. If lunch works for you, that works as well. But you can start off by choosing one meal and then coming up with a few options. Don't focus on overhauling your whole diet. Just focus on replacing that one meal. Get consistent with replacing that one meal with something you enjoy. Then you can move on to the next meal. Welcome to the Nutrition Science Podcast, where we help you cut through the noise and make informed science-based decisions about nutrition and your health. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Nutrition Science Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Adrian Chavez. And in this episode, we are going to talk about nine simple, low-effort nutrition habits that will transform your health in 2024. So it's the new year. And during this time of year, a lot of people are making resolutions. They're thinking about the things that they want to achieve. And what a lot of people will do is they will focus on a goal. So they'll focus on, I want to lose a certain amount of weight. And that's most people's resolutions around this period of time is weight loss. What I want to do is encourage you instead to focus on habits and instead focus on the things that you can actually do. So rather than setting and focusing on a goal, set and focus your intention on the habits that you'd like to change that are going to help you reach that goal. For example, if your goal is to lose weight, there are certain habits that are going to make it more likely that you are at a lower weight at the end of the year if you consistently engage in them. And so rather than focusing on losing 20 pounds, uh, because that is dependent on the actions that you take, focus instead on the actions. So if one of those actions, for example, is move your body for at least 30 minutes every day and you do that, for the entirety of 2024, you will be in a different place at the beginning of next year. And this is one of the benefits of a new year and getting to look at things from this perspective. A lot of times people are looking at the very short term, but when we look at a new year, you can set some intentions for the entirety of the year and expect some pretty substantial changes over the course of a year if you execute these simple habits consistently. And so in this episode, I want to give you nine simple low-effort nutrition habits that you can start implementing. And what I recommend is to pick a couple of them. Pick one or two or three of the primary habits that we discuss in this episode that you think you can benefit from and also that feel realistic and achievable to you. So yes, you can benefit from exercising every single day and taking up a really rigorous exercise plan, but is that achievable? Is that realistic? Probably not. So what I want to do is go through these nine habits and I want you to listen to them and I want you to think about how making changes to any of these habits could positively impact your nutrition. And then I want you to take a couple of these habits and start working on them. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. Number one, getting on an eating schedule. I talk about this a lot. It seems really simple, but it is really important for a lot of people because I work with a lot of people in something I see and something that I wouldn't have even considered before. This isn't something that I emphasized when I first started working with clients, but what I realized that a lot of people, one of the biggest factors that disrupts healthy nutrition choices is chaos and is lack of a schedule. So if you don't know when you're going to eat and you have no idea what you're going to eat because you have no schedule whatsoever, in terms of your eating, that often leads to skipping meals, missing meals, getting really hungry, and then overeating, and then overeating on the wrong foods, overeating at the wrong times, and going through this cycle of being underfueled sometimes, being overfueled other times, and not necessarily having a consistent 
energy intake that helps you to have a balanced mood, to help you have stable energy levels. And this is why it's important. So you'll notice the difference uh, when you start to get on a schedule if your eating has been sporadic just in your energy levels and mood. The other piece is when you force yourself to get on a schedule, you're going to be thinking about what you're eating a little bit more. And that takes us to point number two, which is planning your meals ahead of time. And I would probably combine these for pretty much anyone. If you're not doing these things right now, these are probably the two that are going to have the most benefit for most people is getting onto a schedule and then planning what you're going to be eating beforehand so that you're not waiting till you're really hungry and then trying to make a decision then. And the most convenient choices are often not the most nutritious. And if you are trying to buy something or find something to eat on the go when you didn't plan ahead, it's probably not going to be appropriate for your nutritional needs. One of the reasons that it can be hard sticking to consistent, nutritious diet while eating out a lot is because you have no idea sometimes how large or small those portions are going to be from restaurants or how many calories they come with. And yes, you'll get some calorie counts on menus and things like that. But if you're not planning ahead, you're probably not going to be going to a place that's going to have appropriate choices for you. And it's okay to make choices on the fly and to be flexible. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you plan ahead, you're going to be more likely to make better nutritional choices to stick to meeting your nutritional needs, and you're going to be more successful in the long run. And it doesn't take that much time. If you spend 20 minutes on the weekends writing a grocery list, you spend a little bit of time each day kind of thinking out what you're going to be eating the next day, and it actually will save you time in the long run because then what people end up doing is they get really hungry, they don't know what to eat, they start looking up places, and then they suffer from having too many choices and spending 30 minutes trying to figure out what to eat and then spending 20 minutes going and driving there and picking it up and coming home. And then there's an added cost associated with that as well. So yes, planning does require a bit of an investment up front, but in reality, it's going to save you time and money for most people when you spend that time ahead of time and know what you're going to be eating. And it doesn't have to be sticking to a very rigid schedule all the time. Just an idea. Okay, I'm going to be out in about I'm going to look up three different restaurants that may be a good option for me tomorrow while I'm out on the road. Simple stuff. Just requires a little bit of intention going into it. Number three, put some healthy snacks into your rotation and keep healthy snacks with you all the time. So this is another one that can help, especially when you're on the go and things like that. A lot of us, when we get hungry, this is when we start to make poor nutritional choices. When you get hungry, you need something quickly, you go for the chips, you go for the snack foods, and these aren't the most nutritional choices. So a better alternative and something that can really help tie you over during these periods of time is to get really intentional about finding some snacks that are healthier that you really enjoy. And this can be a good protein bar that, that's high in protein. This can be keeping fruit with you. This can be keeping protein powders with you so that you can make a protein shake. This can be ready to make drinks. And actually, I... Along that line, there's a brand called Only What You Need, and I've been relying on these pretty heavily, especially during this time of year where I'm traveling a bit, Christmas time, I'm on the go, you know, eating out a little bit more. I've been relying on these to help me meet my protein needs, and this is a really good option as well. They taste pretty good. So Only What You Need is the, the brand that I've been using. I'll put a link in the show notes. They actually just gave me an affiliate code after I've been using them because I put, tagged them on Instagram a few times and they reached out to me. 
but that's a good option as well. Taking some nuts, some dark chocolate, some boiled eggs, some cheese. These are all good options. You can make like a chia pudding and take it with you on the go. There's a lot of great options for snacks. The key is to find six or seven different snacks that you really enjoy that you can have around at all times so that when you start to develop that hunger, you start to get those cravings, you can turn to one of those snacks. And that helps to hold you over, helps to provide you the energy, and it's a healthy choice as opposed to an unhealthy choice. For me, uh, popcorn, yogurt, nuts and seeds, dark chocolate, these protein drinks that I mentioned, fruit, protein shakes, these are all things that I keep on hand. If I'm going to be out and about, I'll usually take something with me to hold me over. And these are my primary snack options. I'm not telling you, you need to be eating these things, but my recommendation is to figure out those things that work best for you, keep them on hand, and they are going to help keep you on track. I have an announcement. If you enjoy this podcast and you like the information that I share and you like learning from me and you want to go deeper in developing a comprehensive knowledge of nutrition, that helps you feel confident in making nutritional choices that meet your energy and nutrient needs on a consistent basis in a way that is flexible and sustainable for you, I highly recommend checking out my Nutrition Mastery Blueprint course. I try to pack everything that you need to know when it comes to nutrition into this course. I have lessons on energy balance, lessons on macronutrients, meeting your macronutrient needs, meeting your micronutrient needs, dietary patterns to reduce risk of chronic disease, how to identify food sensitivities, what to do about them, and more. There's also several guides that help you learn how to track your calories effectively, a guide on grocery shopping and how to make choices at the grocery store and read labels, a guide on meal planning and meal prepping, and a lot more. There's also a bonus module on exercise that outlines the basics of getting started with both resistance training and aerobic exercise training along with templates for helping you to get started. I've also included hundreds of recipes that are classified by your energy needs and dozens of snack options that are also classified by energy needs. And on top of that, if you join today, you'll get access to a Q&A twice per month. It's gonna be live and you can ask me questions directly and get answers on the spot. I truly built this as a comprehensive resource that has everything you need to build healthy, positive, sustainable nutrition and lifestyle habits that will help to improve your health and reduce your risk of chronic disease. And if you're interested in this course, from now until January 8th, I'm going to be offering $75 off the original price. So the original price is $400. If you sign up before January 8th, you can get the full course for only $325. This is the lowest price you're going to be able to get it at this year. So if you're interested, if you've been thinking about it, highly recommend checking that out. You can find more information at dradrianchavez.com forward slash mastery. That's dradrianchavez.com forward slash mastery. All right, let's get back to the show. Next tip is just upgrading one of your meals. And oftentimes the best one for this is breakfast. And it's because it's really easy. A lot of us skip it. Many people are not eating with family. And so you're, you're fully in control of that decision that tends to be less socializing and things like that. So it's easier to make a very consistent choice around that meal. If lunch works for you, that works as well. But you can start off by choosing one meal and then coming up with a few options, just like with the snacks, that you can add into your rotation. So let's say, for example, it's breakfast. Maybe your several meals are you do a smoothie some days, you do overnight oats some days, you do a veggie omelet some days, you do a yogurt parfait some days, and you do a 
breakfast wrap some days with like, you know, it's kind of like a breakfast taco type thing. Uh, you know, and these are your options that you like to go to most and maybe stick to one or two mainly and then kind of be away from that when you are getting bored or you want something new and just focus on replacing that one meal. Don't focus on overhauling your whole diet. Just focus on replacing that one meal. Get consistent with replacing that one meal with something you enjoy. Then you can move on to the next meal. But that's a really simple strategy that for most people, if you're number one, you got onto a schedule, then you place the whole meal with a more nutritious meal, you're making a lot of progress with your nutrition and it doesn't take overthinking. It's just simply changing one meal, simply focusing on a schedule, simply planning ahead. And it doesn't require any special knowledge. These are just small changes and figuring out how to make those changes in a way that works for you is what is key. And I recommend not focusing on too much at one time. And this is why I like this approach best is because a lot of people go into the new year and they're going to lose 40 pounds and overhaul their lifestyle on day one. And the reality is they do that until the motivation fades away and then they're back to their old ways. And then 2025 comes around and they do it all over again. And I don't want you guys to fall into that trap. I would prefer to see you make consistent, healthy lifestyle changes throughout the course of the year that continue to build upon one another and that are sustainable so that when 2025 comes around, you have five or six new habits that have drastically improved the quality of your nutrition and have improved your health and led to some positive changes such as weight loss, muscle gain, and other factors as well. So that is number four, upgrade one meal. Number five is just add a serving of veggies to each meal. And you don't have to do this for breakfast. Let's say, for example, you were doing oatmeal. You probably don't want to add a serving of veggies to an oatmeal that doesn't taste very good. But you can add a serving of veggies to a smoothie. You can add some spinach to a smoothie. You can add a serving of veggies to eggs as well. Yogurt, probably not going to work so much. But for lunches and dinners, for most types of meals, you can add a serving of veggies to these meals. And you can, there's a wide variety of different options. Onions, tomatoes, bell peppers, squash, zucchini. Many, many different options in terms of veggies. But just focus on adding one serving and one serving is about a cup, about a fistful. So if you put your hand into like a fist, a serving would be about that size. And I would recommend mixing up the types of veggies that you're adding. Sometimes doing mixed veggies, trying to figure out how to cook these veggies in different ways so you can find the options that are enjoyable for you and that are sustainable for you. So that's number five. Add a serving of veggies to each meal. Number six, give yourself an eating window or a nighttime eating cutoff time. And this kind of goes with the schedule piece, but this is a little bit more specific. And this can help a lot of people, especially those of you who do nighttime snacking. So a lot of us do better off a very clear black and white rule. And I'm not always a big fan of these rules, but if you know your personality and you know that you are someone who responds well to these very hard rules, this can be something that can be helpful for you is just putting a cutoff and saying, I do not eat anything after dinner or after 8 p.m. And that's your schedule. So after 8 p.m., you don't have any more food. And you can be flexible with this. Let's say you're going to a social event, you're, you're at a work event, whatever the case may be, then you can be flexible with it and, and you know not have to adhere to it every single day. But for a lot of people, and again, I make these recommendations because of my own experience, the nighttime eating is really one of the biggest factors that contributes to weight gain and just overall poor nutritional quality. So a lot of people will try to eat really healthy during the day and then they just over snack at night. And it's that after the kids go to bed, 
you know, hanging out, watching TV, and you just start snacking on things that uh, are usually not nutritious and usually add a lot of calories to the day. And what a lot of people end up doing is under eating. So they skip their breakfast. They don't have a schedule. They, they are sporadic with their lunch. They eat a lot of dinner and then they just snack a, a whole bunch at night. And this is not an eating schedule that I would recommend if you're trying to eat more healthy. I would recommend going the other way, eating a nice healthy breakfast, having a well-planned healthy lunch, and having a healthy balanced dinner, and if you're putting some snacks in between that are nutritious. And that could be after dinner. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not that eating late is going to have some major negative health effect. It's the unintentional snacking of foods that aren't very nutritious that is really a problem because what ends up happening is people eat ice cream and chips and candy and cakes and things like that after dinner. And then so you have a whole bunch of calories, not a lot of nutrition, and you didn't meet your needs in terms of protein. You overate on energy throughout the day as a result of that nighttime snacking. So if that is you, if you're one that has troubles with that, you don't make the best choices at night, this may be a good one for you to say, I'm going to have a hard rule after dinner. Let's say you eat dinner at 730. Your hard rule is cut off eating at eight and you don't eat anything after eight. Okay. So number seven is going to be cut back on added sugar. So this is another simple strategy that for a lot of people can make a big difference. So for some people, this isn't going to make a big difference. And it's not that you have to eat zero grams of added sugar and any amount of added sugar is harmful to you. But the average person is having like, I think it's like 80 grams of added sugar per day, which constitutes about 320 calories of pure sugar every single day. And for many people, that is a couple of different items that you're including in your day that are adding really high amounts of sugar to your diet and reducing that can be beneficial. So for example, if you're someone who stops by and has a Starbucks drink that has a lot of sugar in it in the morning, cutting back on that. Now, a simple thing to do is just switch to artificial sweeteners or non-caloric sweeteners, and that's a simple swap. You go from regular sugar to non-caloric sweeteners. The taste changes a little bit, but not a big difference. So that's a very simple thing you do. Also, if you're drinking soda, for example, that'd be a good one to switch out. So uh, again, all of these are going to be based on your own dietary patterns. There's probably 10% of you who are having a very high amount of added sugar, and you could benefit from reducing that. And when I say very high amount, if you're having, let's say, 80, 100 grams per day, so that would be like 300 to 400 calories of your day, which for many people is like 20% of your total diet is straight from added sugar. That is not ideal. If that 20% was switched for fruit, so by reducing your sugar intake, you have more room for more nutritious foods. And this is a lot of the benefit that comes from reducing your sugar intake is you can fill those calories with more nutritious options that can provide you nutrients that help support your health. Next, number eight, increase your protein intake. This is another one that doesn't apply to most people. Let's say there's probably 20 or 30% of you listening to this who could really benefit from eating more protein. I've seen this again in my own experience and working with clients. There's a lot of people who are eating on the very low end of their protein needs and barely meeting the baseline minimum of protein intake. Uh, I have a whole episode on protein that I recommend checking out if you have not listened to it already, but the general recommendation for protein intake for staying healthy and maintaining muscle mass throughout the course of our lives is about 1.2 grams per kilogram each day. So 1.2 to 1.6 or 1.8 is the range that is generally recommended. That higher level is for those who are trying to build muscle or who just prefer to eat more protein 
and those who are doing more weightlifting, that 1.2 is on the lower end of what I would recommend. And there's a lot of people who are at 0.8, so like 50% lower than that. So if you're currently consuming, let's say you're 140 pounds and you're having 75 grams of protein, which is not uncommon, getting that up to about 100 is going to improve your body composition over time. And it's going to help you stay more satiated throughout the day. And if you're someone who's doing resistance training, chances are you're probably going to experience a benefit of improved recovery by getting your protein intake up a little bit higher. So I highly recommend if you're someone who is under eating on protein to make this a focus. Again, I'll link that episode in the show notes. There's also a guide on calculating your protein and energy needs that I put together for that episode that I'll link in the show notes as well that you can check out if you are interested. Quick note, if you're struggling to meet your protein needs, a high quality protein supplement can be really helpful for filling that gap. And as you all know, Legion is one of my favorite brands because they are third party tested. They offer a range of delicious flavors and they have honest marketing, which I respect. So if you're interested in checking out Legion, if you haven't already, you can get 20% off your first order by using the code Chavez at checkout. And you will also get double points on any orders after that. They offer a reward system where you get points back so that you can get free supplements and your points will double if you use the code Chavez at checkout. I recommend their protein powders. I'm also a fan of their pre-workout supplement. They have a pretty good magnesium supplement, a good vitamin D supplement, a pretty good fish oil as well. I've done a blog post and a podcast episode on some of my favorite supplements that I will link in the show notes. But if you're interested in checking out Legion, go to their website, legionathletics.com and use the code Chavez at checkout. So that was number eight, increase your protein intake. Number nine, track your food intake for a period of time. This is not something that I recommend forever. And this is one of those things that is not quote unquote sustainable, but the knowledge that you gain from tracking your food intake is sustainable. So for example, let's say that you don't know how much protein you're eating at all right now, or how much added sugar you're eating at all right now, or how many calories you're eating. So if you spent a couple of weeks entering everything you ate into an app, and the one I recommend is Chronometer or MyFitnessPal. Those are both great options. But if you spent that time, you could see where your added sugar intake is, where your protein intake is. And for a lot of people, this process of tracking will actually help you understand uh, where you need to make changes that can be most beneficial. So some of you may be eating higher amounts of saturated fat than you thought or much higher amounts of sodium than you thought or much lower amounts of fiber than you thought. And now that I say that, I probably should have added that one to the list. That's a bonus number 10 is increasing your fiber consumption. Uh, now that I'm saying that I should have added that in, but tracking your food intake for a period of time is going to help you see those metrics and get an understanding of how you're meeting your nutritional needs and the changes that you may benefit the most from of your diet. Because a lot of us will think that we are eating enough fiber or think that we're not eating a lot of sodium or think that we're not eating a lot of added sugar. But when you track it, that's what will really tell you. And it's really informative to do that. If you've never done that before, I highly recommend giving yourself about four to eight weeks. Just track everything for the first one to two weeks so that you can get an understanding of your dietary intake and the primary changes that you could potentially benefit from, and then start working on making some changes to meet your nutritional needs from there forward. And if you spent two weeks tracking your intake, evaluating your diet, spent four to five weeks building some habits around meeting your nutritional needs, that will be life-changing for a lot of you. 
And this is a process that can be a little bit more tedious. This isn't as simple and low effort as the others that I've included on this list, but this is probably the one that'll have the most benefit for a lot of people, especially for those of you who have struggled with various aspects of your nutrition due to that lack of awareness. So a lot of people don't know how many calories they're eating at all. A lot of people don't know how much protein they're eating. If you have no idea of these things and you're struggling with, let's say, for example, building muscle or losing weight, the answer is to measure it so that you have a clear understanding of where you are at currently and you know what you need to do in order to get where you need to be. And that is not something you can do with very much precision if you don't track your food intake ever. And this isn't something that I recommend for anyone who has a history of disordered eating habits, or if you have a very poor relationship with tracking your food intake. And because for some people, this process of tracking causes them to be hyper, hyper aware and hyper restrictive with their diet. And that's not ideal. Tracking is for information and for helping you build habits. And it shouldn't be something that you have a negative relationship with. It should be something that is providing you feedback to help you build healthier habits. All right, so quick review of the points that we discussed today. Number one, getting on an eating schedule. Number two, plan your meals ahead of time. Number three, put some healthy snacks into your rotation. Number four, upgrade one of your meals. Number five, add a serving of vegetables to every meal. Number six, give yourself an eating window or a nighttime cutoff for when you stop eating. Number seven, cut back on added sugar. Number eight, increase your protein intake. And number nine, track your food intake temporarily. And the number 10 bonus is to increase your fiber intake. So that's all I have for this episode. I hope this was helpful and informative, and I hope you take the information that you learned in this episode and you start to apply it and you make some changes that are gonna benefit your health this year. Just a reminder, you have until January 8th to enter the giveaway for a free supplement of your choice from Legion. The way to get that is by leaving a review from the podcast, taking a screenshot of that and emailing it to support at dradrianchavez.com. That's dradrianchavez.com, and you'll be entered to win. So leave a review on the podcast, or if you've already left a review, take a screenshot of that, email that to support at dradrianchavez.com, and that's how you enter. The giveaway will be closed on January 8th. I'll announce the winner on the podcast, and I'll reach out to them directly and get them set up with their free supplement. So if you're enjoying the show and you haven't left a review yet, this is your prompt to leave a review. I really appreciate those of you who take the time to leave a review. It helps us increase in the rankings. Last I checked, the show was number 22 in the US among nutrition podcasts, which is amazing and I'm really excited about. So if you could help out by leaving a review and then also sharing the show with others who you think may benefit from it, that's how this podcast grows. And I really appreciate all of you who have taken the time to do so. So with that said, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Nutrition Science Podcast. I hope you all have a great week and we'll talk soon. 